Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Uncensored Black Girl podcast. My name is Hadassah. I am still your host. Um, And today we are talking about 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. So let's jump right in. Um, Who are we going to start with? I have Jasmine and Gino first, but there's so much to talk about there. So I feel like I want to leave them for last. So let's go ahead and um, jump in with Mike and Jimena. Um, So we resume uh, with Mike and Jimena at the restaurant where uh, obviously he's planning to propose. Um, He is back to using Google Translate. Um, And, you know, Jimena says that um, he needs to keep practicing his cleanliness. And, you know, when he goes back home, he needs to keep practicing. But she's been he's been doing a good job. He's really been trying. Um, he starts off, he says that he wants to say a few words about Jimena. And he says the entire thing in Spanish, which I, which I think was wonderful because um, her entire family was there and everyone was able to understand and hear what he was saying. Um, and then they bring out the cake, which basically says, you know, will you marry me, Jimena? Um, and she starts crying. I don't know if she's crying because like she's in shock. Like, I don't know. It's hard to determine like whether Jimena actually really does love him or not. Um, I think it's one of those situations where she's learned to love him or maybe she's just learned to appreciate what he brings to the table. Um, I think when you have, I mean, and I'm just basing this on, you know, the men that she's dated before, but I think when you haven't had anyone do anything like that for you before, it can be very emotional. Um, and I'm assuming that's why she starts crying, but Jimena says yes. Um, and yeah, like I said, she probably never had anyone um, treat her so kindly before. I put so much thought into something regarding her. Her father says, welcome to the family. And even her father starts crying. Um, Jimena actually does um, seem really happy. Um, and that's why I said, like, even when they're leaving to go to the, when they leave for the airport or they're leaving to go to the airport, she seems very sad. Like it, I don't know. It's just so hard to tell. Like, does she really feel sad that he's leaving? I don't know. But she does say that like, it's just when everything is starting to really go well that now he's leaving. So like, that's this part about it that like kind of sucks. But um, the kids like him, you know, they're hugging him. And she says that she's excited for him to come back and she's excited to get married to him. Um, I think maybe she's, again, like I said, excited for the new experience. Um, I'm nervous. I'm nervous that on the tell-all, they're going to give Jimena a really, really bad edit, Um, especially all the things she has said in the beginning about, like, he's not really her type. He's not the most attractive. It wasn't the most amazing sex. I think when that stuff comes out on the tell-all, it's just going to kind of make her look bad. And I hope it doesn't, you know, affect their relationship at all. Um, 
And then while they're at the airport, when she's like, I guess, dropping him off, she gives him a gift and it's the Medal of the Virgin, um, I believe she says, which I'm not sure what that is, but um, that's a really, you know, nice gesture on her part. Um, So he heads back to upstate New York. And because I'm a New Yorker, yes, I do have to um, identify that it is upstate, okay? Because I never even heard of where he's from. But um, he goes back to upstate New York. Um, We see him talking to his dad. And, um, well, first of all, he, he says before he even leaves, he's like, I'm concerned about us growing apart. I'm concerned about the distance and, you know, it kind of upsetting things. Um, and then, you know, so we see him back in New York, he's sitting at the table with his dad and his grandpa, and he was basically telling them how, you know, Jimena has been acting weird. She asked him for breast implants, for a breast augmentation for him to pay for it. And basically he's like, I don't know what's going on, but I have to go back down there. Um, it's unclear how much time passes between when he, um, when he leaves and then when he goes back, um, maybe, you know, I think at one point TLC was putting like six months ago or five months later or two years ago. I think they were doing that during COVID just to acknowledge like what was kind of happening and the passage of time and things like that. Um, so maybe they'll do it and they'll kind of give us an inkling of how much time passed between when he left and when he comes back. But my prediction, cause I don't know. And, and this just obviously, you know, they edit it this way on purpose. I'm assuming that if Mike were going back to Columbia, like Jimena would know about it and she wouldn't be like surprised that he was coming. But on the other hand, I'm like, what if he did just like get on a flight, go down there. He knows her address because he pays the rent there. And he just pops up and she's at the crib with another man, honey. Because the way it was looking in the edit, like she was surprised to see him there. But from what I've heard, um, they are still together. And I would hope that um, if he found her with another man in their house, that he would not stay with her like we would hope that we would hope that but you know stranger things have happened um so we'll see what happens when he goes back I hope that I I really just hope it's not one of those things where they tease it for the entire episode and then you get to the end and they're like next time on like I hate that crap um so yeah that's Mike and Jimena (sighs) on to Ben Ben is He just disturbs me at this point. But anyway, Ben is talking. So we we meet, we see Ben. He's in the gym. And I just want to say, I want to take back everything I said about like Ben being this hot, older white man, because like I am thoroughly creeped out by him at this point and I just wanted to throw that out there because I don't want anyone to listen to us be like didn't she say like she would date him and da 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 no Ben is a disturbed man um he has some undealt with issues from that cult like religion that he was part of and um 
I don't know. That's all I could say about that. So, yeah, we see Ben. He's working out. He's in the hotel gym. And he's like, he's letting his body take the consequences because, you know, of the fact that I guess, um, what is her name again? Mahogany. Mahogany isn't responding. Um, and I guess he's upset about that. And when he's upset, he works out. And so instead of him feeling the sadness, his body is taking the consequences. Um, Mahogany has not texted or responded to him at all. I noticed when he was doing the bicep curls that he has a tattoo on his left wrist, which I think is interesting because I'm like 1000% sure that whatever religion, cult-like religion that he was part of, um, is not, I'm pretty sure like most religions are, are like anti-tattoo. So I just thought that was interesting that he had that tattoo on his left wrist. And I just, I couldn't, I should have paused it and went back to see what it said. Cause I'm interested to know now. Um, so maybe I'll go back and do that for you guys. But, um, he says that, you know, all he wants is unconditional love. And I'm just looking at him and I'm like, you sitting here talking about God all the time. And you said you're looking for unconditional love. Honey, God is your unconditional love. That is that agape love. You know what I'm saying? You don't get that anywhere else, Ben. So I think your priorities are miss are are are, are off, you know? And you have unconditional love. And Ben needs to recognize because I my thing is this like Ben is just preaching, 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 preaching about God and saying this and saying that. And I'm like, dude, you are literally not practicing what you preach. And though I am not um actively part of any religion, I have been around religion enough to say the things that I'm saying. Your love, Ben, is coming from God. That is your unconditional love, because God loves you unconditionally. Jesus loves you unconditionally. That's why he died on the cross for you. And so you better accept God and his unconditional agape love and go on about your life because now Ben is writing a fan fiction to his, to Mahogany, who I still, I'm going to keep saying it, is a Nigerian man who's the same Nigerian man that was messaging him before. But anyway, he literally wrote this intimate, like erotic, like fan fiction. And he included like a little bit of Spanish. Like it was just so bizarre. That's literally the only word I can use to describe this train fan fiction erotica, like whatever it is. And it was just if, like, I don't even know what, like, first of all, Mahogany is not responding to your text messages, okay? Let's say for hypothetical, for, for the sake of, you know, hypotheticals, playing devil's advocate, whatever you want to call it, let's say Mahogany is real, right? What is a person supposed to do with that? Like what, what if I am a real person and I have not been responding to your text messages or calls and then you send me some weird erotic fan fiction crap, what is my response supposed to be to that? I don't, I don't even know. It's just so, he's so out of touch with like what is going on. It's, it's beyond like, I don't even understand it. So now, then he calls his friend Jesse from the gym. And Jesse, like, seems to be entertaining this idea of mahogany because he's like, you know, she's not in it right now. She's not in it. And then he's like, you know, she might not be real. And it's like, are you, Jesse must have come 
from the same cult-like religion as Ben. Because there is no way any person with 25% of a frontal lobe thinks that this is like, what, like, and, and that's my whole issue with this. And it's like, yes, I get it. And oh my gosh, I remember the other, um, I've, I've been on Reddit a lot, guys. And <laughs> I've been on 90 Day Reddit, let me tell y'all. But anyway, the name of that person that I was referencing last time, where it was that season where there were two. So it was David and Lana, who he was like going around trying to find her. And then it was Yolanda and Williams. I knew it was like a, a plain name with an S at the end, which was odd. But Yolanda was talking to a man from Nigeria who was pretending to be like some guy from the UK. Um, my point being, it's 2021 and it's like Catfish was on air for a really, really, really long time. And I don't think it's more entertaining because he's like traveled to the other country. Like it just makes it that much more sad. And it's like just kind of annoying to watch, to be honest. Um... I think TLC needs to do a catfish crossover. They need to call Neve Shulman and, you know, hash this out. Like someone needs to talk some, I don't even know how catfish is still on the air because that in and of itself boggles my mind. But anyway, he is just keeps talking about this intimate relationship. And I'm just like, how can you have an intimate relationship after three months of text messaging? Like what world do you come from? Like I... Oh, Ben. So anyway, he says that God did not lead him there for no reason. Still, again, bringing God into this, leave him out of it because this has nothing to do with him. And like I said, like Ben is not even really entertaining. It's really pathetic and kind of like embarrassing to watch. Um, And so anyway, he gets in this cab and like, He's trying to, you know, he's speaking Spanish. Spanish isn't bad. Like, I literally will give him that. He's one of the few people who has, like, considering the fact that he was only learning Spanish for, like, the past three months, like, I think he's put in the effort that a lot of other people should put in to, like, Mike. Mike should put in that type of effort into learning how to speak Spanish, especially because he's actually met Jimena and he's planning to marry her. But anyway... He so Mahogany responds to him ram, randomly and she's like Lima is far from San Bartolo so I don't even know what the point of her him saying that or her him whatever Mahogany saying that was because he's going to San Bartolo where San Bartolo where she's at and he's planning to go to a restaurant there. And I'm just like, hopefully you like the food, Ben, because you're going to be eating alone. And I really, I'm, I'm just at the point, like, I really hope that he's doing this because the producers are telling him to at this point. I think it would have been better, his, you know, segment would have been better if he, um, if he, like, you know, went out on the town and, like, explored the sites and, like, met people and hung out with different people. And then it would be a more interesting story. But, like, this line is, uh, I don't know. Anyway, he's at the restaurant. He sits there for, like, two hours. He literally orders, like, the waiter keeps coming to him. Like, this guy didn't even, he didn't even get bottled water. Like, you're drinking tap water in Peru, which is, like, probably not the best idea. 
Um, and you don't even order like a drink, a food, anything. Like you have this woman waiting on you. You don't order any food. And then he's like, oh, I just can't think of an excuse of why she didn't come. Yeah. You know why you can't think of an excuse? Because there are none. And the producers kept trying to fake us out with this edit because they would play the suspenseful music and show the door. And it's like, this is not going to be Alana's situation unless they pay someone to literally do their makeup to look like mahogany and meet up with this man. Like, I just think they need to edit. They just need to wrap him up at this point. So moving on from Ben, we have Caleb and Alina. Um, this is, we find out, the last episode with them. They pretty much wrapped up their entire story. So Alina is pushing the topic of the relationship again when he's already said, you know, he would let her know before the trip is over and to leave it alone. Um, Caleb says specifically, I understand her interest in, exclus in exclusivity, but it seems too soon. He says, is she the right person? He's trying to assess the situation. Um, he says he wants to see what life is like with her more, like more on a full-time basis. And he feels like he's on the spot and is pressuring him. And this is the same thing I said. I, I think that it's really hard to ascertain just in a short period of time, like with someone with her level severity of disability, like what life will look like for you. You're getting a snippet of it and it's already a lot, you know? Um, and while he's saying that, um, Alina looks like she's trying not to cry. And I think I will commend Caleb for being extremely honest in this situation. Sometimes the truth is not necessarily what we want to hear, but it's something that's real and people need to tell the truth more often, I believe. And I, I really commend Caleb for being 100% honest with Alina. Um, he says that he thinks she needs someone who can be her aid. And I think, you know... That's true. And she says that, you know, oh, um, she says that, oh, you know, when guys really want something, they don't struggle with an answer. I think that's true. I think guys um, oftentimes know what they want. And similarly to this situation, it's more so a thing of they don't want to tell you something that you don't want to hear, because if they do care enough about you, they don't want to hurt your feelings. Um and so he says he still needs more time. She says she can't handle that. Like she gives him basically an ultimatum. Like, no, I need to know today, right now. Like you, we're, we're not like this conversation. I'm not letting this conversation go basically. Um, and so um, he's, she says, oh, you know, uh, he doesn't love me. And I'm like, when have we gotten to the point of talking about love? I think maybe he loves you in the way like he loves you as a friend. I don't think he loves you or is in love with you as a partner. I don't even think they've reached the point of having the conversation of like, do I love you? And I feel like her throwing that out there seems like a very desperate last ditch kind of effort for, I don't know, for him to say something that she wants him to say. Um, and I think that they obviously they fit all of this into this one episode. Um, he also says that he doesn't want to commit because he doesn't know when he's going to see her again. And how can I commit to someone who's living all the way across the world? 
Um, he said he thinks he feels something for her, but he doesn't know what that feeling is or what it means. He says, um, if it's a road to nowhere and you need, oh wait, I think I said this. I'm like, if it's a road to nowhere for Alina and she needs commitment right now and he can't give you that, then you need to leave him alone and find someone else. Like Elijah said, and I understand that it's hard for her with her disability and <laughs> I can bet you that it's going to be even harder for her now that she's been outed as racist, but that's her problem. He says that he does care about her. He's very happy that he came out to meet her, but he has to think about if he really wants to be someone's aide for the rest of his life. She does. I don't think she realized that committing to a person that has her level of disability is a large commitment. And I think he's being extremely honest. Um, Alina says that this is always the reason why people say they don't want to be with her. And um, Caleb says that he really did think that it would be different too, but it's just too much for him. And, you know, I think it's better that he's honest about it because imagine he was in a situation like I, um, and this is like a sidebar, but I've worked in healthcare law and I've actually like, represented people who are caretakers for someone and the toll that that takes on you after a while like being the only person like Alina requires a lot like she's as independent as she can be but she's not like little people big world independent you know she's not like she has a form of dwarfism where she is extremely limited. I think there are a lot of people who have dwarfism who are like 100% able-bodied, you know, they're just shorter than most people, which is like, yes, that is a difficulty in and of itself. But because of how her arms and her hands and her feet and her legs are deformed, it just like she requires like he has to pick her up. He has to help her on the toilet. He has to help her on the bed. He has to push her in a wheelchair. And Caleb, you know, seems like he's just a free kind of person like he wants to be able to walk around he wants to be able to explore he even bought her that bag so you know the little backpack so he could carry her around and I I think it would have been I think it was a great intention you know like I think he came on this trip to meet Alina with the best of intentions um I think Alina's attitude kind of sucks and I get her being upset but it just makes it very weird because it seems like she's angry at him because of like things that everyone else has said and I'm like at least Caleb had the decency to tell you that guy that she met up with in South Africa literally real life ghosted her like which one would you prefer would you prefer being ghosted and or would you prefer um you know uh, hearing the truth, you know, I think Caleb is still trying to be nice, but Alina is just like trying to be mad about it. I think the friendship, cause you know, she, they talk about, you know, their friendship and will they still be able to be friends? I think the friendship is something that they were willing to risk by testing the waters with the relationship that seems to be, you know, like, I think that's understood most times when you are really good friends with someone that you're attracted to and you guys try to give the relationship a try, an intimate relationship. Um, it's always, it's always a risk. Um, and she says she's going to be lonely and all of this stuff. And I'm like, you literally live with another human being. Like I live completely by myself. 
I would be lonely, okay? You have Elijah, you guys can kiki, he helps you out. And that just goes to show you like how good of a person Elijah is because for him to just be her friend and to be living his own life and to care enough about her to help her to the degree she he does and to even like go on this trip with her to help her, like you can't, that's hard to find. That's really hard to find. And I think Alina will find someone who's right for her. And it's just not Caleb. And Caleb will move on. Um, and that's that. We don't have to talk about them again. Uh, moving on to Hamza in Memphis. I will say that watching this episode with Hamza in Memphis was like, it was literally painful. Um Memphis is still talking to him like he's slow, which as we all know, again, that is the worst thing you can do for someone who is trying to learn English. Speak to them normal. That's like speaking to a baby and baby talk. You literally have to speak to people like that's you're like, ugh. anyway, she says the sex was much better. She's happy. She was like, he, you know, he did his thing. Good for her. Um, Hamza says, Woman fat, women have big boobies. I don't even know what else to say about that. Um, Hamza, okay, so then they have this, so they're eating their dinner or their lunch or whatever. Um, Hamza, uh, Memphis brings up the whole idea of the prenup. Hamza views the prenup as her not trusting him. Memphis said he might change his mind. He might not be responsible. Um, you know, she has to make sure. And I'm just like, dude, like, if you feel like he's immature and irresponsible, why are you still trying to marry this man? It makes no sense. Like, are you just like, like, I, I don't even know where, uh, I don't know. Um, Hamza says prenups are very extremely uncommon in Tunisia. He feels insulted by it. He says he will sign the paper, but he's having his own doubts about the relationship because there are constantly new problems popping up. And you could even tell that it seems like he just said that he would sign the prenup just to get her to shut up. Hamza is so over Memphis. And just watching this, like, she's become so annoying like oh my gosh her voice she's whining she's complaining all the time it's like girl shut up like can y'all even have two minutes of like you not nagging him you not bring like being annoying like just stop she's so annoying um he says he doesn't he doesn't want her to think of him as greedy i think this is one of those things that's just cultural um i understand it from the perspective of Memphis, who is a nurse practitioner, she has two children. So I, although if I were her, I would get the prenup. I, I don't think she's wrong in asking for it. Um, that's what I will say. Um, Memphis says Hamza's demeanor is off. She's not wrong, but he's just annoyed with you. Like you are an annoying human being at this point. Um, Hamza says, you know, then Memphis starts asking about the wedding and how's the wedding going to go and this, this, this. And she's like, well, how much money do I need to pay? Do you have savings or are you just broke? Like, it's just like, oh my gosh, Memphis. And then you could tell like Hamza's like, oh my God. And you know, Hamza says that he felt humiliated by her talking about money and he doesn't see how he can spend his life with someone like her. So that being said, I don't know what's going to happen to their relationship. Um, 
I really liked Memphis at first. And that's why I'm like kind of sad that I feel this way about her. But she is just so annoying. And I think, like I said, she really needs to go do a lot of therapy before she marries anyone. Because that those things are it's it's just clearly affecting you know her interactions with him and it's going to continue to affect her interactions with other people oh geez last but not least we have jasmine and gino there's so much to say about this so much so much so much okay so jasmine acts um Jasmine asks him about sending the, the the nude pictures and he literally lies like you could tell he's lying and it's like at this point Gino like at least tell the truth like you're already in deep shit like just tell the truth at this point anyway he says that he sent the photos to rub it in um to the girl and Jasmine walks around crying we already know his ex is um really a sugar baby and so let's unpack that right there, right? Because let's be honest about what this situation was. Gino had a sugar baby. He has had several sugar babies. This one in particular, he was um, borderline harassing her, right? Like he's borderline harassing this woman. Um, he, I guess she was probably like, you know, you have to think of the nature of the relationship, right? Like you are paying me, let's say, for example, to spend time with me. So though I might be doing this work, you know, you're, this is my job. You're paying me to spend time with you. Cool. I'm still going to view you and you are probably going to view yourself as someone who cannot get a certain type of woman, whatever the case may be. Right. And so I think that he was kind of obsessed with the sugar baby. He kind of was harassing her a little bit. And she was probably like, leave me alone, you creepy old man. Like, I'm not even going to hang out with you for money anymore. And he was like, well, look at this hot woman I got, which is like such a disgusting thing to do. Period. End of story. He claims it's for revenge. But why did you have to send naked photos? Gino and not only that but you're a 50 something year old man why did you need revenge why couldn't you having this relationship with this beautiful woman be enough for you why did you have to then and it's not only like did you 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 could have just sent a picture of her and been like look how hot my girlfriend is but no you had to send a naked photo of her like why why was that even necessary but I will say, as you have probably seen going around the internet, Jasmine sent this woman so many nasty messages. She called her a whore. She called her pathetic. Like, she was going in on her. And I, I'm assuming that she was doing this in the heat of the moment. So I think we see her, like, walk away from Gino for a period of time because in some of the pictures like they had on the shirts like oh I'm the Panamanian crazy Panamanian girlfriend blah 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 so I think what was happening was she unblocked her the messages came through and then Jasmine and her anger is responding but it's like you had every right to be mad at Gino only there's no reason to be calling this woman a whore your man is the one that's trying to whore you out to this woman like what are you talking about um, 
And it's like, listen, at this point, Jasmine is about to berate Gino, but I feel like he literally deserves it um, because he violated her. He violated her trust. Um, he's like, oh, I did it to put in her, put it in her face how hot my new girlfriend is. Like, what? And then we see additional messages, which they show on the episode of him basically stereotyping her as the like crazy Latina to this random sugar baby. She starts, Jasmine starts grabbing her stuff. She says she's leaving. Um, and she says, you have nothing but your money to spend on sugar babies because that's what you do. 200 to $450 per meetup. And she said that if she were to go on there, she would be, have the sugar daddy of all sugar daddies. She wouldn't, and she wouldn't, uh, choose to be a sugar baby for a lonely old man in Michigan. Okay, period. Mm. And um, he says it was a long time ago, but that he did the sugar baby thing. But it's like, it's not a long time ago. If you are still having like an emotional, mental connection to this woman where you feel like you need to reach out to her and expose her nude photos. Okay. So I'm gonna just say that. Jasmine is like, I'm not interested in a man that pays for sex and company. Um, he says that typical dating wasn't working for him at the time, so he tried something different. He would pay for, you know, dinner dates and pay for them to go out with him, which is like really sad. And then she's like, you know, well, thank God I took the damn birth control. And I was like, facts. Thank God you did. Um, I think she has every right to be mad, and I feel like she in this moment was a lot more calm than she had been in the past until until we see her come back and when he tries to justify his actions by saying oh they weren't nudes they were just photo of your breasts excuse me you think it's okay for you to send topless photos because you're not showing my vagina like that is still a part of my body that no one else should be seeing. So I don't know what you're talking about. And so she was like, okay, it's just my breast. Well, it's just your head. And then she takes off his hat and we see like that weird. So apparently Gino tries to give this weird illusion that he has here by only shit. This dude is so freaking weird. Um, I don't even know what he's trying to do by like not shaving that little patch in the back of his head because quite frankly, it's like, it's giving odd. It's giving weird. It's giving just like he looks literally fine with the bald damn head. Stop wearing the hat. Like, what are you? Who are you trying to fool? Like you having that random patch of hair in the back of your head and wearing a hat to make it look like you have hair. It's so much cringier and weirder than you being a bald white man. OK, anyway, that was this episode. I feel like I said a lot. I didn't even take any water breaks because I had a lot to say. I had a lot to say. Next episode, we're going to see Ella and Johnny and how she basically tells him that she's going to find another man, which that girl needs to relax. She gets on my nerves too. I'm going to tell you what, but I'm going to be watching. I hope they do play this. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be so upset if we don't have an episode this Sunday because of the stupid Super Bowl. I do not care about the Super Bowl anymore. I stopped caring a long time ago. I need 90 Day Fiance TLC. Don't let me down. Um, as always, you can follow me on Instagram at OMG It's Hadassah. And I will see you guys. I will talk to you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in.